Spotlight today on KRWC. We are happy to have uh, Congressman Tom Emmer as our guest today, 6th District Congressman from uh, the Delano area, of course, and uh, well-known in our area, but also a multi-year congressman. And, Tom, nice to talk with you again. Great to be with you, Tim. Got a lot of things that we're going to jam into just a few minutes here. We uh, certainly appreciate you taking time. Want to talk about uh, something that comes up in just about every circle of conversation, no matter where you go in our fine country, and that's uh, the economy and the inflation situation. And I know this is something that's, uh, you know, it really affects all Americans, all of families, uh, lots of different uh, things factor in. What's your take on the whole deal? Well, you're right. It's uh, This is not about being... Uh, a Republican, a Democrat, or some other uh, political persuasion. Every American has seen their gas and grocery bills skyrocket thanks to the partisan politics of Washington. And if you if you think about it, uh, go back to the uh, uh, 2021 completely partisan American Rescue Plan that uh, pumped nearly two trillion into our economy when there was already nearly a trillion dollars left unspent in COVID relief. I mean, they were warned. Uh, by one of the Democrats' own, uh, Lawrence Summers, an economist, that uh, you should not do this. Do not do the American Rescue Plan because you are going to start the process to uh, uncontrollable inflation. Uh, That's exactly what happened, uh, Tim. They tried to tell us uh, in the summer of 2021 that it was transitory. Then they tried to blame uh, greedy corporations, then uh, the greedy oil corporations, Uh, and then they tried to blame Ukraine. Well, in fact, it is the Democrats' partisan American Rescue Plan pumping all kinds of money into the economy when we didn't uh, we didn't have uh, or we needed some control after attacking our energy independence at the same time that caused this thing. And now now the uh, House and Senate Democrats are trying to pat themselves on the back for passing another partisan bill uh, that they call the Inflation Reduction Act, which it's interesting they're not even referring to it anymore as that because. It really is the Inflation Expansion Act. It's a $740 billion, almost three-quarters of a trillion dollars that is going to do nothing to reduce the double-digit inflation that we've been feeling. And uh, I guess, uh, Tim, when you get right down to it, if we want to get our economy back to where we need it, uh, where people can go into the grocery store and afford the groceries they need to feed their families, if they can go to the gas pump and actually afford the gasoline, the energy, and by the way, in our part of the world, uh, home uh, heating costs are about to uh, are about to spike for the winter. Uh, we got to reduce federal spending. It's one of the primary drivers of inflation. We got to return our country to a place of energy independence to reduce the price of the pump, protect our businesses and their employees and their patrons from rising crime, etc. These are the things that we need to do. And quite frankly, uh, I think that's why you're going to see uh, Republicans win uh, the midterm elections in November. Yeah, and we're going to get to uh, some of those midterm trends uh, here in a couple of minutes. I was going to mention, too, it just kind of seems, um, I think, to many people like a a vicious cycle that really continues. Uh, for instance, uh, truckers, whether they be independent or trucking companies, of course, as their costs escalate, that just starts the trend that's passed on at the uh, supermarket and all the way down the line. No, that's right. Uh, but it, look, it all starts with when you kill American energy independence and then flying over to ask the Saudis to produce more. That's not a plan that puts Americans and American uh, jobs first. Uh, they tell you that inflation was 8.5 percent annually in July, Tim. 
Uh, but what they're leaving out is that's core inflation. Core inflation doesn't even include energy costs. It doesn't include food costs, housing costs, the things that we need to survive. Uh, look, the, uh, it, when, <laughs> the most egregious thing, and I'm sorry, but I got to bring it up. Uh, you're going to raise taxes on middle-class Americans. They specifically excluded billionaires. And these Democrats are hiring 87,000 new IRS enforcement agents, Tim, uh, because that's how they're going to pay for their radical agenda, including this uh, new climate agenda that they passed with the quote-unquote Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, look, people are, uh, are paying attention. They're feeling it in the grocery store and at the gas pump. Uh, it's affecting their everyday lives. Uh, this is the year that people are going to show up and vote. We've got to take a different direction. I think Republicans are offering that. Is that the number one topic that, that you're hearing either through, you know, email contacts or in person at, you know, town halls or whatever? Is that is the whole economy situation? Is that number one? Yeah, by far and away. It's number one. I mean, the uh, you get uh, people who bring up the crime issue. People are bringing up the border issue. Uh, people are bringing up some of these uh, others uh, issues uh, involving Dobbs, the Dobbs decision and Roe versus Wade. But by far and away, Tim, the number one issue is people just being able to survive, people just being able to provide for their families, uh, make sure that their employees have a good place to work and that they can afford to get there and get home when they're done working. These are the number one issues is how do we survive uh, right now in this uh, this economy? And quite frankly, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi have broken. I want to switch gears just uh, for a little bit to uh, the Ukraine situation, and we're going to kind of dovetail into uh, your uh, one of your um, key things that you're uh, pushing for uh, Ukrainian adoptions. But um, I think sometimes it kind of feels like even, you know, here at home, um, we don't know for sure what, uh, whether we've got the, really the pulse on what's happening in Ukraine. I don't know that, uh, that, uh, U.S. lawmakers hopefully are kept up to date on the situation a little bit. What, what's your take on what's, what's happening there? Well, it's still a tragedy and, and it's tough to get, uh, uh, what it's tough to get perfect information. Uh, out of uh, the current conflict that's going on. Uh, there seems to be a lot of misinformation and, frankly, uh, some, uh, I would argue, shoddy reporting right? Uh, in terms of what exactly is going on. For instance, uh, if, uh, if you look today, there's a report that uh, there's another $800 million, uh, it being uh, approved for Ukraine. No doubt I will get contact from constituents that say, why are we giving more money? Well, you're not. You're not. There was uh, a package uh, that the Democrats put forward that passed uh, several months ago. The money is coming from that. It's not new money. Uh, it's just that the Department of Defense has now approved a, uh, a whole new release of uh, defensive weapons and other equipment to the Ukrainians uh, to continue to uh, defend themselves. Look, I, I think the, uh, the future here, Tim, is, uh, is still seriously in question. Uh, as to what is going to be the ultimate outcome of this conflict. But the, uh, the issue of adoption that you brought up, people need to understand roughly 30% of Ukrainians, uh, about 12 million people have been displaced from their homes since the start of this conflict. Uh, and, and it's not that we have advocated for it. Again, we have uh, an operation in Minnesota, in our district, 
Uh, we have a great, case, a great casework team that has received many requests uh, already uh, involving people who want to adopt uh, uh, Ukrainian. Uh, and what we're finding is that they've grounded to a halt, uh, frankly, due to the lack of infrastructure in Ukraine to process the correct paperwork for the children that are being considered for adoption. Uh, so it is a, it's a big issue. I mean, I've had uh, uh, you know, friends from church even who are constituents who texted, texted and uh, emailed immediately saying, hey, uh, we are interested in helping Ukrainian children. Uh, if there's a, uh, a pathway for adoption, we would love to consider that. Uh, though our office cannot promise success, Tim, our casework team is ready and willing to help anyone who is trying to adopt a child from Ukraine or, for that matter, from uh, elsewhere. So people should know that that's one of the things that their congressional representative's office is involved in, and especially at this uh, time of uh, the tragic conflict that's occurring in Ukraine. Congressman Tom Emmer, our guest on today's Spotlight on KRWC. I want to shift, Tom, to uh, some farm topics, of course. Here again, uh, you know, the economy kind of uh, trickles down to uh, to our producers around, too. Their costs of uh, doing business are higher, too. But uh, what are you hearing from our farm economy? Well, I, I mean, people got to re- remember two things in Minnesota. One, our food security is our national security, and Minnesota's farmers and producers are key to feeding not just our state and our nation, but the entire world. Uh, We have some of the best producers on the globe. Uh, Second, I think Minnesotans in particular got to realize that uh, our ag uh, industry, uh, our families that are involved in creating the the food supply that that sustains us, uh, that's one of our top two economic drivers of Minnesota's private economy. I, I actually was down at Farm Fest a couple weeks ago, Tim, and it was, uh, again, one of the greatest events. Uh, thank God the uh, pandemic has passed so we can all get together. But you know what? Our farmers and producers, as you pointed out at starting this, are in, under constant pressure right now. And it's not just the weather, uh, it, it, as it has been in the past and as it's always been, but it's the cost of inputs. Uh, it's a lack of labor. Uh, these challenges uh, that our farm families have to deal with every single day. And I, I think uh, Minnesotans, Americans have to realize that the food that we eat just doesn't appear in the grocery store. And we need to do everything we can to support the men and women in our ag communities, in our ag industry. And our office has been involved in a lot of this, because um, I, I do believe it's one of the number one things that we have to do for our constituency, for our state, for our country. Uh, we've been focused on trying to reduce farm input costs, Tim. Uh, one of the biggest examples that comes to mind is fertilizer. Now, the cost of fertilizer obviously has spiked uh, since this administration took uh, it took office. And that's many different things, uh, not the least of which is the uh, uh, the attack on, on our energy independence. Uh, we've also uh, focused on improving the pipeline for future farmers. Uh, where's the next generation of farmer going to come from, Tim? Uh, and we need to make sure that everyone, not just uh, young people in uh, our greater Minnesota communities, but our young people in our Twin City communities, understand that ag is a great place to uh, focus your future on. Uh, we've done uh, the Aspire Act. If anyone's interested, they can contact our office and ag apprenticeship uh, type stuff. We'd be happy to share that with them and help them. 
Uh, we focused on ensuring that U.S. farmland remains under U.S. control, uh, as opposed to having foreign uh, uh, countries buy out uh, Minnesota and American farmland. Uh, look, I told you it's uh, one of the two top drivers in our state's private economy. We're number five in the nation for total agriculture. We're uh, dairy industry contributes almost uh, $3.5 billion in total economic impact uh, in our district. Uh, and the industry in the 6th District, the ag industry, creates over 11,000 jobs and pays almost $800 million, a little less than a billion in total wages. Uh, we got to pay attention to uh, our ag communities and our ag industry. And uh, anybody out there, Keep in mind, uh, the congressional office in the 6th District belongs to you. If there's something that we can help you with, uh, especially as we go going into next year where there's going to be a new farm bill, please uh, be in touch with us. Congressman Tom Emmer, our guest on today's Spotlight on KRWC. Let's finish up with the uh, midterm trends. We've got the primaries behind us uh, in certainly our state and most states now. Um, what What's the crystal ball hold here for you? Well, I, I do think there's going to be a change in leadership in uh, the House and perhaps the Senate uh, come uh, the November midterms. I know they want to report everything but this, right? They want to talk about uh, issues like uh, January 6th or, uh, you know, divisive social issues. But the fact of the matter is, number one issue is the economy. And it's, uh, you know, while our media outlets across the country are trying to uh, shift the narrative away from core issues of inflation, crime, the crisis at our southern border, and the incompetence of the Biden administration, uh, I can tell you that uh, the voters out there, uh, they're well aware of who is responsible for the mess that we're in right now. And on our side, you know, it takes uh, great candidates, the right message, uh, and enough resources to win elections. I think we're in a very uh, solid position. Uh, We'll leave it up to the voters to tell us uh, what the new Republican majority in the House will look like, Tim. Uh, but I am confident that uh, as we go into the midterms, we have the right candidates. Uh, we have the message. Let's put Americans back in control of their future. Let's uh, make energy affordable again. Let's make uh, our food not only accessible and abundant, but affordable for everyone. Uh, let's make sure that we are a country that has borders uh, and enforces uh, those borders. And let's make sure that everyone can live safely. Uh, and comfortably in the in their communities without uh, worrying about uh, carjackings and assault and everything else. Uh, that's, I think, what a Republican uh, is going to bring, a Republican uh, House and a Republican Senate, and quite frankly, a Republican governor in the state of Minnesota. Uh, Scott Jensen and company, I think they are the best option for Minnesotans going into the fall. So I'm, I'm confident that we're going to have a good night on November 8th. But remember, you can't just say it. you got to show up. you got to vote the greatest right we have. Obviously, the um, you know Republican Party has uh, you know been pretty much predominant in our area for quite some time, so probably not, who knows, but maybe not too many surprises here. But there's going to be some hard-fought uh, congressional district uh, races elsewhere in the state. What do you, what do you think there? Well, there are. Uh, that's, that's absolutely true. I think uh, uh, Michelle Fishbach, uh, has done a great job in her first term for Minnesota's 7th District. I do think she deserves re-election, and she's going to be re-elected. Uh, Pete Stauber in Minnesota's 8th uh, District, northern Minnesota, the old Iron Range, uh, it includes. Uh, Pete has been a fantastic representative for the uh, the people of northern Minnesota. Uh, he is one of them. 
so he knows uh, uh, how to uh, how to represent them. He'll get reelected. Uh, the other uh, races, if you look at Southern Minnesota, Brad Finstad was just uh, elected to replace uh, our deceased colleague Jim Hagedorn, uh, who we do miss. Brad is doing a great job already. I expect he will continue there. And then you have uh, Minnesota's third congressional district uh, currently occupied by uh, Dean Phillips. He's being challenged by Navy, uh, ex-Navy uh, submarine guy named Tom Weiler. Very interesting race. Uh, this is not a, uh, a slam dunk for Democrats, uh, but it just depends on whether or not uh, the locals will actually cover the race. Tom Weiler is a very intriguing candidate. And then the, uh, the one that's most interesting uh, after that would be uh, the Angie Craig seat, uh, Minnesota's 2nd Congressional District, where Tyler Kistner, a uh, Marine uh, family man, uh, darn near beat uh, uh, Angie Craig the last cycle, uh, Tim, uh, where nobody knew him or expected him to be competitive. Uh, I think this time, I think uh, not only does Weiler have a chance to win in the third, but I think Tyler Kistner will uh, will defeat uh, Angie Craig, and he will represent Minnesota's 2nd District in the next Congress. But we'll let the voters of the districts decide that, uh, which we'll all have an opportunity to do in the next 81 days. It'll be an in- interesting season. Are you coming uh, back, I'm assuming, for part or some of the state fair? Oh, yeah. I'm. I, you know what? I'm in Minnesota regularly uh, on the road today, uh, be back uh, at Again, so we're doing parades, we're doing game fair. Uh, I was just, uh, we were just there last Saturday, one of the greatest uh, events in Minnesota, like Farm Fest. And yes, we will be at the great Minnesota get together, Tim, uh, perhaps multiple times. Uh, That's where you see great Minnesotans. Very good. Well, Tom, I know uh, you've got lots to do, so we appreciate you uh, getting back with us uh, for some time on Spotlight today, and it'll be an interesting uh, few weeks ahead here, and uh, we'll try to touch base with you again here in the near future. Thanks, Tim, and looking forward to it. I hope everyone enjoys the last couple weeks of, uh, of August, uh, and fall sports are starting. Everybody be safe. Be exciting. 6th District Congressman Tom Emmer, our guest on today's Spotlight on KRWC.